Hello and welcome to the India Dunn and Company podcast. In today's conversation, I will be speaking with Melissa Jacquois. Melissa has had an incredible career. This is a long podcast, people, and every second is enthralling and exciting as a result of an incredible journey through the beauty industry that Melissa Jacquois shares with us. This was an important conversation for me to have as a result of Melissa being one of my mentors as I came up through Paul Mitchell as an educator and stylist for a Robert Cromian salon. She was always someone that I looked up to, admired, and love. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Thanks. And hello and welcome to the India Dunn and Company podcast. Today I'm so overjoyed and excited to offer you a conversation with Melissa Jacquois and myself. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate this time. And I appreciate you taking the time, especially knowing how busy you are on and off the stage. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> just coming out of a two-day workshop hands-on workshop and I mean where were you last week somewhere all over the United States I'm sure right <laughs> between LA and and our travels teaching yeah it's, yep so tell us about that tell us about who you are and where you're at oh well such a, a broad question um, it is isn't where, it? where should we start <laughs> <laughs> I feel like ask me the questions because I don't know where to start that's such a huge question well, I, <laughs> you know you're traveling educating um, as a team with your husband and yeah. mm-hmm. um, how long have you been behind the chair first first off oh let's see well I've been behind the chair with a license for I think 34 years now wow that's so cool but I've been hi- behind the chair ever since I was like as, as little as I can remember. So mm. just without a license. <laughs> so we could probably add another, you know, 15 years onto that. Dang. <laughs> yeah. Always been a passion. Oh, it's amazing. And was it something that um, was in your family or did it just kind of come to you naturally and you just knew immediately like this is my thing? It. It just was something I always loved to do. I, I was just sharing on another interview how the joke I say lately is that I think I came out of my mother's womb and cutting my own umbilical cord at a 45 degree angle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh my gosh. God. Yeah. Wow. Just, yeah. I cannot remember a time when I didn't love doing hair. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I feel that way too. Yeah. And knowing that, you know, did you have any kind of reserve about going to beauty school was there any kind of stigma around it when you were growing up and and the people around you did people kind of go oh you're too smart to go to beauty school or anything like that actually no I I I could not wait to go to beauty school Mm. I was in a high school where they didn't offer it as a as a class because some of the high schools had trade Mm -hmm. you know trade that you could take as classes and um I was not in a high school that offered that, and I, I just could not wait to go. I could not wait to go. The, the only thing that I was actually up against was my high school careers teacher telling me that I, I shouldn't 
do that. I should actually think of something else to do something in her words, as she said, quote unquote, is, uh, I think you should find a real job. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yep. I'm sure other people have heard the same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just fascinating to me. And I, I think that unfortunately there's a little bit of that underlying stigma that follows us all the way through our careers. And, and when we're, you know, trying to charge more for what we do and charge for what we're worth, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's an underlying uh, impediment, impediment that, you know, continues to follow us around. Absolutely. Yeah. So after you, like, what was the path then that, you know, people, the trajectory after you got out of beauty school, was it that you assist or you were, were you apprenticing in a salon while you were going to school? So when I was in school, there wasn't a whole lot of talk about assisting. Mm. Um, I don't know why, but maybe it was just that time. I'm not sure. Maybe it was, mm-hmm. who knows, but um, the thought of assisting was never something that entered my mind. It was never talked to me about like the possibility of doing that. And for me, I was so submerged in doing hair at that point for so long that I know it sounds so silly, but I really did start early on playing mm-hmm. with hair mm-hmm. and um at that point, I was just ready to get out on my own and do my own thing. But I did want to work for this one particular salon that was just the most amazing salon ever at that time mm-hmm. in, in the city that I lived in. And so I knew once I started speaking with them that it, it did start with an assisting program. And that was the first time I've ever heard about an assisting program. So uh, I really resisted <laughs> doing that, um, actually. I remember I started at that salon doing skincare and makeup while I was in beauty school just oh, so I yeah. could get my foot in the door. Totally. And um, I remember um, them asking me as it was getting closer to my graduation date if I wanted to assist. And I don't know what I was thinking, but I said, no, no, I'm not interested in assisting. <laughs> <laughs> like I was just so confident of myself at that point I I was just like no that's not something I want to do amazing and then coincidentally shortly after that conversation they ended up firing me oh wow right right and they said it was because I wasn't um selling enough retail Mm. but it was it was clearly not that you know I put two and two together once it was all over and I look look back at the whole thing I'm like oh my goodness well I mean, I guess as a salon owner, looking back, I get it. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so when I went from there on, I'm off on my own. And do you have any regrets about that? Or do you think it was the right, I mean, obviously, given where you're at now in perspective, you know, you can say it, it was fine, but. Right, right. Well, what, I guess when I think about it, because I did leave and then I did find another salon and I did assist. And okay. And that scenario was not a good one um you know you got to find the right person to assist and this person was not out to teach me and mentor me I was just that person that was handing foils and getting coffee and things like that so I guess if I look at the two it's like wow I really blew it with the other one however I wasn't at that second one very long before I went off on my own completely okay and I think just because I I was so focused on what I wanted and just 
I don't know. I maybe I, I'm as I'm saying this, it's like, wow, did I just have an overabundance of self self esteem that like, I thought I I didn't need anybody or anything, but it it didn't make me feel like, oh, I wish I could go back to the first salon. Mm-hmm. It just propelled me to, okay, I'm gonna make the best of this, move forward, and maybe even there was a little sense of. This is going to be interesting once I succeed to see how you guys feel that you let me go. I think I had that mentality. Mm. But that's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, it's like that's your intuition. That was your your, your inner guidance, you know, your inner compass saying, no, this is right. This is what needs to happen. Not to sound, not to sound cocky, but that kind of did happen. That kind of came around that way. Um, As my career moved (laughs) forward, I, I've sort of became that person that they're not their equal because of course they had way more experience than me in the in the industry but I rose to the occasion such that um I had I connected with with the owner of that first salon um and we were able to connect in a a peer-to-peer way Mm. at at one point in my career and and I still will always look up to to him um but uh yeah eventually it became a peer-to-peer thing, and I was like, "Wow, this is so cool that I'm in his company at this point now in my in my career." And you know, yeah. <laughs> well, and in speaking about that, like, where you know, before that, were you finding mentorship, or were you finding you know inspiration, like through magazines, or did you did you know who, you know, Jean Brow was, or Paul Mitchell, or Vidal Sassoon? I mean, obviously, you had an idea of them, but you know, right? Who who could mentor you? into who you were becoming I think if we're talking about early on in my career um that that salon still continued to be sort of a a an inspiration to me um what they were up to was always big stuff so I still kept them as as you know one of my inspirations um and I think being from a smaller town, I'm from Toledo, Ohio, and it's not like a teeny tiny, but it's not the biggest of cities. Mm-hmm. I think at that time, not having internet, um, all I really had was TV and magazines. And mm-hmm. I probably leaned more towards magazines. I remember Elle magazine mm-hmm. being a really big influence for me at that time. It, it, you know, at that moment, that was one of the big beauty magazines. Yeah, yeah. There weren't so many out like there are now. Um but yeah, I would I would definitely rip out images from magazines. I would put them all around my mirror at the salon. Mm-hmm. Um, I would put them on my wall at home. Um, I was just always the kind of person that was influenced by, I guess, pop culture. Yeah. So I I remember Pretty in Pink being a huge influence. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Of, of course, um, many musicians because I'm very musical. Um, I love music and. Um, I remember, you know, think people like Madonna. Yeah. Um, you know, just I was that girl that that would go to the thrift stores, like in Pretty in Pink, and buy the clothes and but wear all the rubber bracelets like Madonna. And I would uh, love to go over to my grandparents' house because I would go into the closets and whatever oh. they they didn't want. Um, they knew to give throw my way, but ironically enough, it wasn't even as much my grandma as much as I loved to take also my grandfather's clothes. <laughs> so like his suit jackets and yes, things like that. Back totally. in the 80s, you know, you, you can pull that off and totally. Yeah. So love it. I guess music and magazines were my my leading inspiration. 
And so as you are, you know, cultivating your, you know, image and the style that you're influencing people with, uh, you know, as, as a stylist behind the chair, you know, did you find that um, that was part of why people were attracted to you and, you know, obviously part of your personality, but like, what was it do you think that people kept coming to? I think for me, it's, you know, the, the, when you're in my chair, they, always, you can always feel, I would hope I'm still this way, but just feel my passion for what I do. Mm-hmm. Just, I just love what I do. And I feel so blessed to be 34 years into the industry and still be madly in love with what I do. Yeah, and I think, sure. I think that um, anybody that sat in my chair, it wasn't just a haircut. It's always been so much more than that. It's, mm-hmm. it's been, let's take you from A to Z. I give the longest consultations, which a lot of times my husband will give me shit for, <laughs> <laughs> but I am just super thorough. I'm very detailed. And, and I think people always feel very cared for in a way that they always say, wow, nobody's ever talked to me and asked me these questions before. Nobody's mm. ever taken the time that you take with me. So I think that's always just been who I've been from the very beginning, truly committed to let's take this um, fabric on your head and just, you know, do everything we can possibly do to it to make it look amazing and make you feel amazing. So, mm. so you you know, having this passion and knowing that this is going to be a part of who you are behind the chair, how did you build the clientele and how was your, you know, kind of rise in success and where did it take you next? Well, I have so many chapters yeah. I think, to, to my, my career. So I guess I would have to look at that in different chapters. Um, as far as when I went off on my own um, after that second salon, I I had another job where I worked at a model and talent agency by the name of John Casablancas. Oh my I gosh, know- no way! <laughs> <laughs> I know I don't think they even exist anymore. They I don't, don't know, but <laughs> but they were all over the country, as as you may know. Yes. Maybe some of the listeners may have maybe have never heard of it, but yeah, it was a cool little modeling and talent agency school where they take people who are interested in being modeling and they, you know, bring them through the whole curriculum of, you know, how do you do your hair classes on, you know, manicures and makeup and teaching you how to walk down a runway. And Mm -hmm. the big, the coolest thing about that job was the photo shoots. That's where I very first got introduced to photo shoots. Mm -hmm. And um, just to back up a little bit, ironically, the second salon I worked at, the one where the guy was not that, you know, great of a mentor he actually introduced me to teaching at that school because he would do the classes and he wasn't really interested he, he had he didn't really have an interest in doing it he his there was no passion about it so mm-hmm. he would send me as like you go do it I don't want to do it <laughs> and that <laughs> and that to me was in a sense my first um experience of of teaching and standing in front of a group of people right. and sharing information. So to me, that was like the introduction of what ended up being, you know, turning into like a platform artist kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but totally disconnected from even not being with the hair company yet, just doing it on my own in this form. That's so cool. 
Yeah. So I taught it there. I taught there for a very long time and um, got to learn what it's like to do photo shoots. And I got really into doing before and afters. Mm. And I would, I would, uh, had a really good relationship with the photographer that I met there and we would start shooting on our own, my clients and I would take them and I would pick out the ones that I thought were really photogenic and could do a complete makeover on them, which was always fun to me about doing hair was the whole, like I said earlier, the A to Z. Yeah. I would do the hair. I would do the makeup. I'd do the wardrobe and we'd shoot and I'd make sure we do a before picture and then I would take these and I would put them in the window of the little tiny salon that I worked in. Wow. And, and you could see the before and after. So, and I would also, I created like a little portfolio. Yeah. And, and I would have that to, to show. But, you know, at that time, as we know, there was no internet or there's, there's no other way other than word of mouth or just trying to, trying to get somebody interested to look at what you want to show them yeah there was no other way to promote yourself so those pictures were the beginning of me trying to show what I could do you know and and so forth and then from there I actually started submitting stuff to some of the hair magazines so um, and is that how you kind of got found or did um, you when did you move to the west coast and and start I think it, 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 it gosh, it, again, it's all kind of unfolds in chapters. So from that little chapter of my life that I just told you about, when I was working at John Casablanca's, the salon consultant for Paul Mitchell mm-hmm. came into the school to see what products the person who was teaching the hair classes were using. And that was the very first conversation I ever had with anybody from Paul Mitchell at all. Wow. And, um, they, they came in, they came by my salon because obviously we didn't sell the product at, at the school. Mm -hmm. Um, they came by my salon to talk to me and I clearly remember saying, you know, I've used this product before. I've tried the sculpting lotion. I really like it, but I'm not really interested in carrying your product because it's all, all over the drugstores. So I don't want to have anything. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> and that was when diversion got explained to me, right? Oh, and from there, they comped me some products and I started using them and I started falling in love with the product. And, you know, at that time, I think we had maybe eight products right? in the line, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I eventually took on the whole line and um, ended up selling that thing selling mm-hmm. that stuff so well. I remember I went to my first Paul Mitchell hair show and I won, they did a raffle for, you could win one of the retail racks and I won like a round rack <laughs> and I took it back and I put it in the middle of my salon and little did I know it didn't come with all the product that was sitting on it at the hair show. It was just empty. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then I'm like, all right, let's do this. And I filled it all up and, you know, invested my money and this is at the time I was falling in love with the product and one thing led to the other and I just started selling, selling it. Like it was just flying off the shelf. And because I was moving so much product, the salon consultant would come in more often and then she'd have to sit and sometimes wait because I was busy with my guests. Yeah. And 
she got to see my work and one thing led to another and she was like have you ever thought about becoming an educator mm-hmm. and ironically I just gone to my first my first hair show before I went to that Paul Mitchell show I I went to my first show and saw these two people on stage at work for Wella and I sat there and I thought that's what I want to do yeah and I kept trying to get a hold of Wella and they never called me back just repeatedly kept reaching out and they never called me back well everything happens for a reason everything happens for a reason right (laughs) yeah so that began the conversation of becoming a Paul Mitchell educator and that started the training process and that crossed over into my move to California which happened because the very first salon I worked at took me out there on a retail seminar oh wow and I got to see what California was like. And then suddenly <laughs> that was my dream. Yeah. So everything just started coming together. You know, the photo shoots, the, the, the portfolio work, the, the connection with Paul Mitchell. I'm getting better at doing hair. I now have a vision and a dream. I want to move out to L.A. And I decided I wanted to do hair and makeup for the celebrities at that point. Mm-hmm. And that was my goal at the moment. And then I was saved up for two years. And worked really, really hard, kept doing photo shoots, kept submitting my work to magazines, got some of it published, and ended up finally picking up and driving all the way out across the country and moved to L.A. So in the midst of all this, you know, and and like your family's watching you just climb, you know, and and become more and more successful, you know, how, how are you, I mean, this is, you know, where burnout can happen really early on in someone's career. Like, how were you taking care of yourself? Were you living at home? Were you living alone? You know, being that busy, what would you do during the day to support yourself? Like that, oh my gosh. that's an incredible I, rise to, you know, right. to success. Right. Um, I was, I was living with a boyfriend at the time and he was very supportive of, of me chasing my dream so um he didn't he was fine with how many hours I worked I worked a a lot of hours at the salon I was Mm -hmm. always I was always working if I wasn't at John Casablanca's I was doing a photo shoot if I wouldn't do a photo shoot I was at the salon right (laughs) and and um I, I don't ever remember feeling any sort of a burnout at that stage of my career I was just I was so focused and so Mm. excited and so on fire for what my dreams and goals were I mean it probably it just gave me more energy that's amazing yeah Yeah. so yeah it was never an issue (laughs) you got some amazing ancestral tree chi running through your body some some good energy (laughs) some of that right But yeah, so in the middle of all that, I forgot to say that I took a trip out to California to prepare for my move because I'm just that kind of person. I'm a researcher. Mm. You know, I always want to plan my plan my move first so I know it's going to be successful, um, whatever move I'm making. <laughs> um, so that was a whole nother thing of going out and researching what it takes to get into the union and and, uh, and, you know, actually speak a little bit more about that, because, uh, you know, I had no idea um, how difficult it was to get into the union. Right. I didn't either until I went out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, just to back up a little bit in the middle of all this that I was just telling you, I also sat down in front of a TV and 
and watched all the TV shows that I could possibly imagine ever wanting to work on. And I watched all the credits roll by and I tried to grab and write down as many names as possible for the people that did the hair and the makeup. Wow. And I wrote each one of these people a letter just simply asking them, introducing myself and asking them um, if they could help me with what it is, what do I need to do to do what you do? That was basically the mm-hmm. question. And um, wow. I always, I always think it's hilarious because I, I had about 20 of these letters and I mailed them all off, but I had no address. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think I, I think I just wrote things like NBC studios, Hollywood, California, no, no zip code. Just, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I had no way to find out, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. so um, I sent all these letters out and I got one back Wow! and the one I got back was from the head of hair and makeup at N- NBC Studios for The Tonight Show sorry the head of makeup and his name was Bob Scribner and uh, actually is Bob Scribner I, he's, he's somebody that's still with us these days and wow it's really, it's really funny. I have kind of a full circle story about him. I'll come back to you in a minute. But Bob said basically, hey, anytime you want to come on out to L.A., let me know. Here's my number. I'd be happy to sit down and speak with you. Wow. So I took that as an invitation, and I immediately started saving enough money to fly out there and got myself on a plane, got my portfolio together, worked really hard on that, and uh, flew on out there. And I met with him. At the, at the, I was literally, they put my name on the list to get onto the lot on NBC and wow. went right. To, they took me to, to the hair and makeup room, sat me down and said, we'll go get Bob. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, wow, this is insane. That... I'm here. I am sitting in the chair of where, like, where I want to work. I'm in this yeah. room. I'm, I'm in my environment of what my dreams are. So that was really powerful. So powerful. And, yeah. And so just to ask you, like, how did you see at that point in your life, at the age that you were at, the mentality that you're at, the spiritual awareness or whatever, like, did you see how you were manifesting your future? I didn't then. I did. I do now. Yeah. <laughs> that whole, you know, I'm sitting in this room right now is totally, wow. you know, I always tell people it's like, I love Wayne Dyer. Yeah. And it's like, it's like he always said, um, how does he say it uh uh oh shoot i forget how exactly how he says it he talks about um contemplating the conditions which you intend to create for yourself like contemplate yourself in that Mm -hmm. so you know mentally put yourself in that Mm -hmm. what are the conditions that would have to happen in order for that to be manifested Mm. so talks about contemplating it well I don't think I could have contemplated it any closer to sitting in that room right (laughs) so but all it took was reaching out and going hey would you mind helping me and then next thing you know got an invitation you know like people want to help people yeah but you gotta ask generally totally yeah so yeah I was sitting in that room and he told me all about the union which I had no idea about and I was like oh you mean this isn't something I just apply for? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that put a whole nother spin on things. Like, crap. Okay, well, that means I got to get out here because 
all of it involves working a certain amount of days on productions that are are um, giving you the, the, the time that you need to put in in order to get into the union. Mm-hmm. So you have to be there, obviously, to, to do these things. And so I thought, well, I got to get my boat out here then. And on that same trip, I took my portfolio down to Beverly Hills and I walked up and down Rodeo Drive in my little permed hair and my <laughs> big shoulder pads. Oh my God, I love it. I love the visual. <laughs> my black pumps and oh my, God. my little pencil skirt that was above my knee. And, <laughs> and I just popped into each salon that I, that I imagined myself wanting to work in and uh, basically asked to see the owner. So I kind of cold called every salon yeah. and they would look at me like, do you know who the owner is? And, you know, as, as if to say that in their head and, because a lot of these people were, you and I might know, like Jose Bear and all these big people back in the day. You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I cold called on all these salons. I got to meet with every single owner except for Jose. Whoa. And and he was he was walking towards me, and his guest came in, and that's why I didn't get to speak with him because we got diverted. Yeah. But yeah, I got to sit down with each of them. I showed them my portfolio, and I asked them all, you know, what what do you think of my work? And they were all very confused because they thought, they're like, oh, well, you want a job, right? I'm like, no, no, no. Just want to know what you think of my work. I'm getting, I want to move out here and I just, I just want to see, I'm trying to gauge where I'm at with the industry out here. And, 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 uh, that really confused a lot of them. Yeah, I bet. Why why would you come all the way out here? Just ask me what you think think of your work. (laughs) It's like, this is what I do. It's part of my preparation. So all of them said the same thing, which was, um, your work is nice, but it's extremely outdated. Oh, interesting. And I had just shot it. Wow. So it's like, this is exactly what I needed. This is why I'm here. You know, it's like open arms and just hit me. Give me the truth. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I needed to hear. So I, I, I knew, I knew now, you know, I needed to up my game and basically just get out there because what was going on in Toledo, I'm sure that, you know, at that time, again, with no internet and so forth, such a time delay from the trends and how they translate over, you know, yeah, it's crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, just, you know, like what I know you said, like open arms, give it to me, you know, I'll take yep. it. But, and, and you had actually, you know, probably already thought it through. Like I have to be prepared, you know, for what they're going to tell me. Mm-hmm. But how how did it feel inside when you heard that? Yeah, I I, I think I, I mean I don't remember it being. I'm sure it was a little uncomfortable, but I don't remember it being really a problem. It's it's why I went out there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. Wow. I don't know. I just I'm sitting here trying to go back in the moment in my head, and I'm just thinking like. No, it's it's what I needed to know. That's why I was there. I want. I genuinely want to know. What do you think of my work? Like, so, because what was behind that question is, what do I need to do, do. to improve? Right. That's really the the root of that question. Of course, that I was asking them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's amazing. So, yep. And when I realized, like, I'm just behind the trend, I just that's when I was like, okay, I. I remember before I left, I grabbed as many magazines where, you know how they have like Los Angeles magazine and so mm-hmm, forth. Mm-hmm. I grabbed as many of those types of magazines I could and I took them home, subscribed to them. So I was getting constantly getting magazines from L.A. delivered to my house. 
I put up a huge poster of LA and in, in, in my bedroom. And I was just like in my head, I was living in LA, like Wayne said, right? I right. was contemplating the conditions. Yeah. <laughs> and I plastered all those pictures around my mirror at the salon. And um, yeah, it's kind of like creating a dream board in a way. Totally. But, 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 and I just started talking about my dreams and then I'm going to be moving. And of course, people were sad, but they were excited for me. I just got people engaged and enrolled in, mm-hmm. in, in, in my dream, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Talk about manifesting yeah. destiny. Yeah. Damn. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, two years later, I said, all right, it's time. And actually, it's funny. It was it just hit me. The week before this past week, it was exactly 30 years ago Whoa. that I packed it up. And <gasps> Happy anniversary. As, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Drove away in my Dodge Daytona and, the, and just right in the moment <laughs> they were driving away, I remember the first snow started falling and <laughs> like, see a snow. I'm yep. out here. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Bring on the palm trees. Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yep. So that was the end of that chapter. On to the next one, as Jay-Z would say. (laughs) (laughs) So did you have any friends or people that you felt like comfortable connecting to when you came to Los Angeles? I knew nobody. Wow. Um, I did come at that time. Like I said, I came out here with my boyfriend at the time. Um, I met him in the middle of my my um let's put it this way when I met him I had already decided that this is what I wanted to do and so I I literally told him you know you're amazing you're fantastic but I'd love to be in a a relationship with you but I'm leaving in two years and you know there's no negotiating (laughs) so so I don't think you want to get involved with me like I literally told him that wow he long story short you know said he didn't care and I was like okay <laughs> just so you know the, 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 the clock is ticking yeah yeah <laughs> and you know we went on to develop an amazing relationship and fell in love and so forth and um but that time came and then you know the, the the alarm clock so to speak went off and I was like all right buddy it's time <laughs> and so he's like okay I'll come with you wow yeah. Um, and he came out with me on that trip where I came out to, to do my research first. And and uh, so he, he understood what my dream was and was very supportive. And so the drive out here wasn't completely alone. It was with his support. And my first year he was here. Cool. And then eventually he ended up going back home because that's really where his heart was. And, and that was totally fine. I totally got it. And, mm. you know, we just went on to be friends. And um, but. So when I got here, but I, I, I we still I didn't know anybody, and the only connection I had was one of my girlfriends from beauty school. Her sister had a best friend that lived out here, and so when we pulled into town with our trailer, we went right to their apartment in Marina Del Rey, but we didn't know who these people were. We wow. were just meeting them for the first time, and. We stayed with them for like a week while we tried to find a place to live. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But the cool thing is I'm still re- really great friends with that person. That's awesome. Uh, she's in, she's since also moved back to Cleveland, but um, we're still good friends. And 
And uh, oh, what a blessing to have them just in our first week have somewhere to lay our heads. Totally. And somebody to spend Thanksgiving with, even though we just met them days before. <laughs> um, yeah. So came out to nothing and nobody pretty much. And I don't know. I think my first friends probably just came from all the first jobs that I got out here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So the salon that I worked at and um, uh, I did a lot of um, test shoots to build my portfolio out here. So a lot of the the models that I met from doing the test shoots, I became really close friends with. And that was the beginning of my friends out here. And were you just like walking up to someone and saying, would you like to model for me? Or I mean, how were you getting these models? So once I got to L.A., a new hustle began <laughs> the second chapter right? <laughs> or the third or fourth or fifth or whatever on now. And so my life in LA looked like I got a job at a salon. Um, actually one of the salons that I wanted to work at when I came out that on that visit, I got a job there. Nice. <laughs> um, and while I was working there, I also pursued still doing the training with Paul Mitchell for uh, to be an educator. Mm-hmm. So I also got to meet new people there. Mm-hmm. And then while I was doing that, I also pursued uh, building a new portfolio out there because now it's a different, different, you know, world, so to speak. Right. And I got to up my game now. And so I called all the modeling agencies in town, every single modeling agency. Wow. And I asked them, you know, what do I need to do to be able to work with the photographers you work with? Because that was sort of another offshoot of what I wanted to do. I wanted to also keep going with the photo shoots and stuff. And long story short, they basically said, they they all gave me like a list. I had to physically go in because I couldn't email it or anything at that time. That wasn't there. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to physically go in. They would give me a list of photographers. They would say, these are all the photographers that, that, do all the test shoots for us for the girls that come in that are building their books to, you know, sign with us. So, you know, here you go. And so I would take all these lists and there, there would be like ah, 45 names on these lists sometimes 40, you know, photographers. And I just start at the top and work my way down and start calling all of them. And, and, uh, you know, it's like fishing. You keep throwing the line out. Yeah. And some bite, some don't. And even when they do bite, it doesn't always mean it's going to work out. And even when it works out, it doesn't always mean that, you know, it's it, it you're going to end up shooting with them more than one time. Or, you know, a lot of times, here's the big life lesson about everything, right? It's always building the relationship. Yeah. It's connecting with people that you enjoy working with. They enjoy you. You want to support each other. And that's what test shooting was all about. It was, it was, um, you know, the model needs pictures, the photographer needs the work from the model and the, and you, you need the work from, from them. And so you're all doing it together. Mm-hmm. So you all benefit and you all get work for your portfolio. Mm-hmm. So, um, many, many times I never saw the images. <laughs> wow. There, there'd be times when I never got paid, you know, yeah. um, supposed, supposed to get paid, never got paid. A lot of times I would do it for free. Um, but it took filtering this, it took filtering through all these different people 
to finally find one magical person in there who I connected mm. with that is a lifelong friend of mine wow. and uh, this amazing photographer Merritt Vincent and Merritt was the one guy that was actually genuine enough to um, support me beyond just doing the test shooting in the way of he started hiring me for other things too as well and and we just became really great partnership really great team and I probably spent the first uh three to five years of my time out here just working exclusively with him doing photo shoots and 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 building a, a career you know um through that as well too wow. so yeah yeah so that yeah that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just I keep kind of you know I'm in awe of the determination and the resiliency, you know, and and that's I think that you know it just it's like it's a natural, uh, innate <laughs> component yeah. of who you are. Thank you. Just, wow, you know how do you <laughs> how do you just keep beating it down? You know, you think about the, all the actors that just kept you know kept yeah. doing what they had to do working the tables and you know introducing them to people selves to people and and just never gave up yep and, right and that's that's what it takes that determination yep and I will say in the middle of all that uh, that first three to five years um wow I got to learn what it feels like to get screwed over oh <laughs> wow you know I got to I got to learn what it's like to be out in the real world outside of the little Toledo bubble and, <laughs> and, and people not keep their promises and their yeah. word and, and people, Oh my goodness. I, I made a connection with a celebrity at that time and she really enjoyed me. And uh, I remember we set up a photo shoot um, with, I connected her to one of the photographers I was working with um, often. And next thing you know, I find out that they've scheduled a whole photo shoot where I was supposed to be there and they got somebody else to do the hair and the makeup mm. that the that the photographer preferred to bring in because it was more of a political connection right. and it was going to bring a bigger element to the whole thing. Right, of course. And I, ne I never found out until she called me and said, you're going to be there tomorrow, right? And I was like, beware what do you mean <laughs> and yeah so that was like wow okay I see you LA I got you <laughs> yeah and my skin just got thicker you know but yeah all kinds of stuff happened in the middle of of working really hard but also really great things happen and I just learned that you know yeah it's really about building relationships and finding people that you can trust and that really do care about you and wanting to see you succeed and vice versa and that's I was just gonna ask about you know that kind of connection and also I mean it's it has to do with your personality and your ability to read people as well mm -hmm. yep and I was the naive nice Ohio girl at that moment <laughs> and I like to try to still stay that person but mm -hmm. I also I also know what questions to ask now yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so wow so when you look back at you know the the relationships and the people and how you developed who you are now you know do you think that that helps you in situations where you're dealing with people who may not be um 
comfortable with themselves or with you or they the mistrust or you know your resume or your um you know who you are your name doesn't carry enough weight and you know how do you carry that confidence into a situation where someone doesn't necessarily believe in you hmm. wow that's a good question I'm trying to think of the last time I experienced that. Well, I mean, it's easy to stand where I'm at now and look back and and, and think, oh, well, I've been through so much. Now mm-hmm. I know, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's harder to give that advice for when you're earlier on in your career. But, but um, I mean, I, I can, I guess I can only answer that for, for where I'm standing now, which is I know who I am now. I know, I know what I'm capable of. I know what I've achieved um, um, I, I just ran into that scenario not too long ago with, there was a, there was some talent on one of the shows who, who requested to have, um, a specific, well, I'll just say it the way it is. She was a black girl. She wanted a black girl to do her hair. Mm, got it. <laughs> But what she didn't realize is when she told production, no, I don't want whoever you're bringing in to do hair because she's not black. She didn't realize that I had already worked on her hair before and she loved the way I did her hair. Mm. So it's like, okay, you didn't even know what you just turned down. Right. Um, You just made an assumption. And in that moment, you know, I could have taken it personal. Right. But it's like, that's cool. I, I know who I am. I know what I'm capable of. I know what I've achieved. I know how hard I've, I've worked and still do work. I know my commitment to say whatever I say yes to there. You're going to get a thousand percent of me. Right. Um, yeah. And it's, it's okay. That, that clearly wasn't meant to be. And, um, you know, I'm going to say the G word. God always has me right where I need to be. Right. So, totally. yeah. So, yeah, it can be hard, and I've definitely had tears over things <laughs> and taken things personal. And yeah, at this point right now, I'm just really not about anything that stimulates my ego. Mm. If it if I find myself getting offended, I get I feel I start feeling really gross. Like ew, <laughs> you know, like wow. what's going on? Yeah, you, like like no, this is not. You get a little dose of humility. Yeah, it's just it's not who I'm about. It's not who I want to be. It's not, yeah. it's, it's not what I'm like. I, I don't want to be attached to anything that the reason I'm doing it is because it stimulates my ego. Like it just, it just kills it for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's when a it, really interesting subject though, because I mean, I think it really takes a very self-aware grounded person to not get a huge ego when they've done the kind of work that you have done yeah um do you do you see that about yourself and know that you know you have a practice of of grounding or a spiritual practice or like what is it that you think you've done to keep your ego in check well I mean when you say that I have to ask myself have I ever had you know have clearly we've all battled with our egos and I mean Let's be honest. I think when I look back, a lot of my success has been driven through my ego being fed. Mm. Now at 52, I sit here and go, yeah, I don't want to come from that angle anymore. (laughs) But, but if I'm honest with myself, why did I achieve? Why did I 
or why have I achieved so much of what I've achieved? Because I want to do it better. I want to be the best. I want to prove something. But I don't know how much of that was proving it to myself versus proving it to others. To so others, it's probably, right. probably a fair share of both, you know? Yeah. Um, but the, the moment, I've just done a lot of personal work in the latter season of my life. And, mm-hmm. and I've gotten really present to how much of what I do, I do because it stimulates my ego. And, you know, we're all human. We're all going to, yeah. this is just how we operate. Um, we, you know, I am not immune to, um, you know, getting my ego stroked. You know? Right, right. But, but what I'm not about or what I'm committed to really not let me say this right what I'm committed to being about now is oh let's just say say for instance uh, I'll give a scenario um I didn't get asked back for a um the next season of a show that I was on and in that season prior I did amazing work I gave it all my all um they loved me like there's, I couldn't figure out why I didn't get asked back mm-hmm. the following season, mm-hmm. and I it it really was working me. <laughs> it was really messing with my head. Yeah, yeah. And in most situations, what I would do is I'd probably call up the department head and say, "Can can I just ask? You know, was there something I did or something I can do better? Like, how can I improve? That's just my personality. I always want to learn more, be better. How can I improve? But what I found is I had to step back and ask myself, okay, clearly that's all rooted in your ego because your ego is very bruised right now, but why didn't they want me back? (laughs) (laughs) But um, I had to ask myself more honest question of why do you want to be on that show one more season? Right, right. What is it about, okay, well, I love the people I work with. I love the projection team. They're amazing. Don't really know if I'm in love with the hair mm-hmm. and what they're asking me to do. And I'm not really connected with the looks. Right. So although I, I can rock them out and make them look great, that part doesn't necessarily fulfill me, you know? Yeah. And, and then I had to be honest with myself, like, so you really only want to be back on because, you know, it's because you're feeling like um, somebody doesn't approve of you and you need mm-hmm. and you need the mm-hmm. you need the acknowledgement and you need, you know, all the, the ego based stuff. Right, right. And I was like, that, that's pretty messed up. Like, then, no, you're not going back on that show. Even if you want to, you're not going to call. You're not going to ask those questions because all you're doing is you're looking for approval and acknowledgement from some stupid thing that happened when you were little and you made something mean something about yourself, right? Like, <laughs> like I really took it to that level because that's just where I'm at nowadays. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's completely, I mean, it's human. Yeah. And it's understandable, you know. It's, it makes total sense why you, right. you would be, you know, curious and a little bit hurt. Right. So, but once I let that go, I was like, okay, so are you okay with this? Are you okay not being back on? And, you know, part of me is like, well, I'm like, eh, 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 where's that coming from? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. That's your ego. Okay. Let it go, dude. <laughs> you know, it's like, let it go. So it's really just checking my ego lately. And if, 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 
if that's what's driving it, then I'm not on purpose. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be because it fulfills me, contributes to others, uh, makes a difference for people. Yeah, and I think, too, you know, remembering that, you know, who you are and how you presence for people, it's not, um, it's asking, like, who can I be of service to? You know, whose life do I need to influence right now? Who is it that I need to show up for and, you know, be who I am? Right. Because that's so much of who you are now. Right. And when you say that, it also makes me think about, um, you know, I'm very much about contribution right now. And, Mm -hmm. and if I'm not making a difference for somebody, then I'm not being fulfilled at this point in my life. And, and I have to take a look or I had to take a look in this past couple of years, like, what am I doing? Where am I making the biggest impact? Um, Changing people's lives for the better being on purpose. And then where am I just, you know, hanging out because it's another job that got thrown at me and I said, sure, I'll do it. Right. You know I mean? Right. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, it's a struggle sometimes. <clears throat> I think it always will be. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, it's being on purpose and, and going, um, going with the flow at the same time, you know, taking the next indicated step and, you know, believing in synchronicity and that, that, you know, consciousness of the, the higher self and the God is right. is a driving force and you know like that whole taking self-will back you know where yep. where am i in self-will and where am i in god's will it's, it's constant yep. constant constant and that's the awareness you know and i think a healthy i you know i talk to to my people about you know a, a healthily developed ego is a very important tool in our industry but it's when it overrides what our our innate desire to be of service to other humans is where we get into trouble. Yes, I totally agree. That's so well said. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but I, I do want to talk a little bit more about the ego stuff because growing up under you, as I did, I had you, you know, just like, oh my God, it's, it's you, you know, getting to work with you and watch you and, and be kind of under your wing a little bit at shows. I, you know, you had to have ego to do that at that point. I mean, it was such a driving force of what Paul Mitchell has become. It's so funny when you say that, because I, you know how we're artists, we think in pictures, right? So instantly, <laughs> I, I saw you next to me, not under me. And I'm like, wait, 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 what's she talking about? She's next to me. Like, my head went, <laughs> like, no, I've never saw you under me. <laughs> no, under your wing, you know. Like, I get, yeah, I, I get right in the sidecar. <laughs> right. But it's so funny. I don't remember that experience. I, my experience of remembering all that is like, yeah, like more parallel. And it's like, mm, oh, wow, that's right. I guess, I guess I was around a little longer than you, but it's, it doesn't live in my head that way <laughs> oh it's so funny I know huh <laughs> yeah no I just you know watching all of you what you were you know mentor and inspiration and and seeing how you know what is next for me mm-hmm. got it so, as far as like you know I just want to know like how did you did you finish the education with Paul Mitchell and how did that parallel where you were working on the sets and um, okay. Let's see here. I, I will say one thing about being with Paul Mitchell. It helped me, uh, 
helped me in every other area that I was working. So I will always be grateful for that. Working on stage and then working out, having to work behind stage on set. Mm. I think there's, there's an added extra value that I have in my understanding when I'm behind stage of what that person on stage is going through. Totally. What they need, what they don't need. Um, you know, when somebody, when we're, when we're backstage fidgeting and touching them up right before they're getting ready to go on stage with that moment that that person needs, like, everybody to stop touching them you know know? whether they say it out loud or not or whether you feel it through their body language I get that I get what it feels like to need a minute to gather yourself before Mm -hmm. you step on stage and for them even more so because you're on live tv sometimes you know right um and then the pressure of hair shows like if you're doing say for instance a main stage type presentation where everything's timing one after the other after the other like you know the model has to go out she has to walk by the time she hits this point and comes back it's time for you to step on stage yeah now you have have exactly one minute to you know whip out that cut with the carving comb while the lights and the music are going and then you know they have to leave by a certain time or else they won't hit their cue and then the next team has to come up yeah so understanding that whole like pressure yeah um i i translated over to the pressure of somebody jumping off stage and us having three minutes to make their costume change from one genre to a completely opposite genre. (laughs) And three minutes. Yeah. uh, Like it's the, it's, it's the commercial break while, while people are sitting home watching the commercial, we're behind the stage, uh, stripping their clothes off. (laughs) You know, somebody's taking their clothes off for them and putting new clothes on them for them they can't look down or move because somebody's trying to take off part of their makeup and re you know reapply a different style of makeup while they're all you know they're standing up while they're doing this and i'm trying to you know undo their hair and then re-put it up a different way and pins are flying and people are yelling and cuss words are coming out of people's mouth <laughs> and you know and we're all there's like sometimes there's like eight or nine of us trying to do this all in three minutes while somebody's in your ear, you know, behind you going, two minutes, two minutes, two minutes one minute, you know, 45 <laughs> seconds. Okay, exactly. You know, and it's like that. Go, go, go. go. I love that rush. Wow. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I think, you know, the hair show world helped prepare me for that a bit no for sure <laughs> but i think it's even more pressure on live tv yeah. oh yeah just a little bit <laughs> yeah but it's cool i love it i love every minute of it you know even being in the back of the stage where there's barely any light you can't see shit you know oh my god yeah it's like the equivalent of the hair show we did at house of blues where we had to do all the models in the stairwell and there was no lights back there it's oh like the same god. thing you know <laughs> So, yeah, God, it's so cool. <laughs> so what, uh, what's the letdown for you? Like when you're, you know, go, 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 go. And then it's all done. Like, what do you do for yourself to kind of calm down from that? Um, I am very, I'm, I'm super, uh, super sentimental. I'm really like sensitive and sentimental and, I like to sit in the moment and just take it all in. Mm. Everybody's gone. I'm still there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always the last one to pack up and leave the room. 
And sometimes everybody's packed up before we're even starting the show, you know, before we're even downstairs starting the show. And th- their mind is like, let me get packed up now. I can get out of here sooner. Yeah. I- I'm, I'm the last one in there. All my stuff is still set up and I'm sitting there just taking a minute and share and just taking it all in and relaxing and mm. just be like, thanking God for, Oh my God, my, this is amazing life. I have, I'm so blessed. All my dreams have come true. I couldn't be luckier. Mm. And thank you, <laughs> you know, and then, I, then I'll, I'll get home eventually. It's not about hurrying up to get home. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, this is, this is, the most amazing part of my day why do I want to rush to leave it you know oh it's awesome yeah what do you do to prepare prepare okay let's see well again I look there's so many different elements of what I do so preparing for the show preparing for teaching a class I know right (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's kind of all the same actually now that I'm saying this out loud because it's Obviously, the stuff you think of that's pretty self-explanatory, like open up my kit, dump the whole thing out upside down and, you know, reorganize, repack, get everything ready. Um, If I'm teaching a class, you know, sit down, get it all written out in formats and the timeline of it. Um, I'm definitely a a person that prepares for everything. We've been trying to to highlight my hair, get my hair highlighted or get my hair colored for probably the last three months. (laughs) Today, Abe said, I got time today. Can you come in? I'm like, no, I'm still doing my test strands. Oh, my gosh. You're so funny. I'm at home doing my test strands, you know, and he's like, well, come in this morning. I'm like, no, I have my interview and then I have to finish doing my test strands. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so funny that way. Oh, my gosh. I got to because. I think I, I'm like that girl I mean, is prepared. I'm just, I'm just naturally a very detail oriented person. It drives people nuts. I totally get it. But, um, <laughs> um, and, and I think that that part of it comes from growing up in the photo shoot world where, where every little thing has to be every perfect for the photo. Yeah. 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 yeah like, and, um, you know, it, it works against me many times, you know, when I'm on set, I can't knock my, I can't knock through as many, heads as some people can but boy the heads I do they're gonna be awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but yeah it's it's preparing (laughs) and and I'd love to take you know into that detail-oriented self like your your ability to do period hair is one of the things that you know I admire so much and also one of the things that you were acknowledged for um you know in a really big way nomination for for um for your work with it <clears throat> was it an oscar nomination i, I don't want to jump ahead of myself but um I, I i have an emmy nomination for so you can think you can dance and um i got to work on a really amazing film called the artist which i didn't get nominated personally for that because they don't at, at that point they didn't have categories okay um, where thank god they do now and they're acknowledging the hair cool. and the makeup people Um, They started that the year after, (laughs) but it's okay. Because again, back to the ego, I'm not concerned about all that. I just, I, I was so excited that the film won all the, I'll just, I call them the top awards. I'm not a very, I don't even know what they're called. I don't know if it's like, 
you know, movie of the year, you know, whatever it's called. It got all the, the top awards that year. And um, that was a beautiful film. I got to work on doing period hair, um, sitting in like the 1930s, 40s, right around the Depression, by the way, the mm. 20s, 30s, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of whole era. And I don't even right. always get to, I don't even name the areas correctly. I, I, I'm still learning like what's what, to be honest, but I know what the looks are. <laughs> I was going to say, but you know what yeah. it looks like. Right, right. Yeah. And there's a cool story behind that film, if I may, um, because it's a good lesson in never saying no. Mm. Um, that particular film, if anybody is familiar with it, it was it's an independent film. Um, the budget wasn't like exuberant or anything. Mm-hmm. And I remember they were asking around everybody in the, the, you know, the hair union. The, the word was out, oh, we really need people to help on this. Everybody that I knew of, they were all saying no. And it kind of went like this. Oh, did they ask you to do that too? Yeah, they only pay blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they don't even pay much. It's like, da, 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 da. I don't even remember what it was. And it was true. They were, it was very, very low pay, very low pay. But to me, I'm like, are you kidding? One, you, you know, you get to work on a film. Two, it's black and white and they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're trying something nobody else is doing right now. So they're, it's going to be cool. <laughs> Three, it's a period piece and I love doing finger waves and it's that period. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, come on, who wouldn't want to do this? And it's not about the money. So I said, yes, a few other people, thank God said yes to oh, good. We, do it. <laughs> <laughs> we do the film and yeah. it's, such a great learning experience for me it's such an incredible lesson in really again talking about detail what you need to know in order to be successful in uh, working in this part of the industry because I, I remember being on set one day and it was the craziest thing I, I did the the look that was asked of us to do and we were doing all the background people mm, and, wow and then you know we would check in with the department key so that's the person underneath the head and we'd check in and be like okay how's that look is that good and I remember the department head coming in and stopping everybody for a minute and saying okay you guys you have to remember this is early 1921 not late 1921 wow you know and it's like what (laughs) in my head I went there's a difference there's a difference (laughs) yeah and I didn't know there's a difference between 21 and 22 (laughs) yes like wow yeah it just and it uh it was a big lesson in how the how the the fine details of understanding what the authenticity of each look whatever the look may be whatever the era may be um really matter when you're doing uh film yeah and yeah and that there will be people that sit there in the audience and go you know what that's not right. Just like I jump on YouTube and watch people trying to teach what they call a finger wave, mm. which is just, and it's like, I'm sorry with all due respect, but you're kidding me, right? Like, it's like, wow. that is not a finger wave. That is a bunch of curling iron things you put in, brushed it, and it's making a ripple. You know what I mean? Right, so, right. <laughs> so it's like, great. That's beautiful. It's its own look, but don't call it a finger wave. It's not, you know, you yeah. got to get it right. So. Yeah. That was huge. That was huge for me. It was like a really big learning lesson. But the film was amazing. I loved it. 
Oh my gosh. So cool to see that yeah. happen for you. Yeah. It was exciting. So do you have points in your career where you look at like the movie or the film or the show and think, I really wish I had a, had a do-over or oh, yeah. I wish somebody had said, <laughs> you know, like that, that's no bueno. You need to redo it. Oh yeah. I mean, most definitely. Yeah. I mean, right, even right now I'm watching, um, uh, we have, I did dancing with the stars junior. I did the, the judges. I'm what's called their personal. Mm. So that means uh, okay. I'm the only one doing their hair. And I'm watching, and Mandy Moore is one of my beautiful, talented friends. I like, love her. So blessed to call her a friend. Um, she's the the female judge on the panel, and I'm just so happy she asked me to come on and you know do the hair. And so I've been doing her hair for the whole season, and I'm talking. I gave that a thousand percent, but I still sit every week and watch it and go, ah. Oh, I could have done that a little better or, you know, and I, and I, I, I sit and I watch to critique my work because it's so different when you see it read on, on camera, you know, Yeah, I bet. and just something simple. I don't even need anybody else to tell me what I did wrong because I can already see it. It's like, and not, not necessarily always even wrong, but just like, Oh, okay. She's, wearing a finger wave and the, the heavier part of the, you know, the accent accent of the hairstyle is all the heavier side of the hair over on the left side. But yet here I am watching the show and she spends the majority of her time looking to the right or, you know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> like, wow. or, or actually it's the opposite, but it's like, Oh my goodness. So I put the accent area, you know, the, the star of the show, so to speak on the star of the hairstyle, put it on the wrong side of the head because she's always looking the other way. <laughs> so wow just something as simple as that you're like Duh. yeah yeah <laughs> well it's simple but yeah it's yeah it makes a huge difference yeah but wow. um yeah but I definitely have times when people will you know do like I said Sydney did earlier walk in and say uh yeah that's not quite right we need more of this or less of that or whatever or um I I love what they're asking me for because then I have to look it up and figure it out and study it and you know I love the challenge of that mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it happens <laughs> so you've obviously made some incredible friendships throughout these years and uh, some of those happen to be um, famous people and you know how how do you think it is as far as when I think about your presence or I think about who you are your personality I interviewed a, a dear friend of mine, Erin um, Smallstad, and she's a makeup artist and stylist for um, production. And, you know, it, it's, it's that thing where you can read people, or you have intuition, where you allow them to feel comfortable in a situation that might not be comfortable. Um, you know, developing that with someone who you have been watching on screen that you might have, you know, that, that there's no way you can be peer to peer because they're a star. How do you get comfortable with that and let them feel comfortable more importantly? Right. Um, Well, I will, I will definitely say from my own personal experience, I always find it challenging being in that environment and 
the reason mm. I say that is because I only know how to be me. Right, and, right. And me is, even though I've been out here for 30 years, I'm always a small town girl from Ohio. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Who, the Midwest girl who's, you know, grown up where you know, everything's nice and sweet and polite and, you know, it's like originally shy and timid and and um insecure at times and um always worried about am i doing you know the job well enough am i making the person happy that's just me and that's my own personal struggles you know yeah and and um when i get in the space of somebody who's a celebrity um i always get nervous (laughs) because i i'm like i don't I don't know who they are as a person, you know, mm, like mm-hmm. I know who you are on screen, but what do right. you like? Because everybody is completely different off screen, you know, yeah, yeah. a lot of times. And all I ever seem to care about is if they're nice or not. <laughs> and it's like, if they're not nice, I just sort of already feel like oh, now what do I do? Because oh no, God, right. I, I only want to be around nice people, of course, like, <laughs> you know, um, because I only know how to be that way back, so to speak. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of these celebrities, I find they, they obviously have very strong personalities. Um, this is not, this isn't going to sound nice, but it's, it's my experience. Um, they're definitely insecure. <laughs> yeah. They definitely need their egos fed because that's what they're used to all day long, 24-7, is people kissing ass to them and hearing, telling them that what they want to hear and so forth. And that's part of the job because you have to make sure that person, you're pumping them up so that they feel good when they go to do their job in front of everybody, you know? Right. And I suck at that. <laughs> I'm not the person that... Um, I'm not going to tell you something that I don't really feel or believe. Right. And I'm not saying that in an arrogant, like mean way. I'm just saying like, I I don't know how to play. I don't know how to play that game. I just right. don't. I'm not, right. I'm not good at that game and it can, it's definitely a game. Um, so when I'm around these people, it's like, I, one, I just try to relate to them on a human level. Um, I just try to be myself and if I see that they need a stronger personality than me, then I, I tend to actually kind of get quiet because I can't, I don't know how to go there with you. Mm. A lot of these people need to be told what to do and they want to, they subconsciously, like they want to be told what to do. Mm. So let's say for instance, I could be in a dressing room. I'm your personal hairstylist for this production and I'm in your dressing private dressing room with you and you're trying on, you know, five different outfits and you're asking me, the wardrobe person, the makeup artist, your manager, and your whoever your best friend is and they're hanging out with you and somebody who's a, some big wig on the show, you know, you're asking all of us, does this look good? Do you think this looks good or should you go with this, this one? And everybody's just, oh, you look great. Oh, you're wonderful. Oh, this, you know, and I'm just in my head like, well, it's not the best outfit on you, you know? <laughs> you know, and it's like, I don't know how to play that game. Yeah. I just go, oh, you look amazing. Like, that's just not me. You know? <laughs> so, so I get very nervous when people need that type of uh, validation all the time, because I don't know how to play that game. And I just try to, I try to um, uh, make up for that and just doing the best hair I can on you. And hopefully you'll love the hair, you know? <laughs> 
Well, and uh, but that seems to have been working for you because <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of people that love you and ask you back and, you know, are probably looking for that one person in the room who's not just a yes man. This, this is true. I would agree with that. Um, that is the case. Um, two things I'll say on that one it really does come down to relationships and personality. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned this earlier, but yeah, for sure. it's, it's, uh, it's all about, do you and I click as people? Yeah. And then after that, you, you know, this, you have, you'll have clients just any, you can have somebody sit in a chair, whether it's you, me, another hairdresser, if they like you, it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. It, it's a done deal. They'll be with you forever. Right. Mm-hmm. But even if you don't do great hair, <laughs> you know, but if they don't like you as a person, it doesn't matter how great your hair is. Mm-hmm. So I have experienced where I just be quiet. I do my job. Some, sometimes that's what they want as well, too. They like you can't talk. I've, I've been told sometimes don't make eye contact with them. Wow. You know how, how, how hard that is? Wow. Especially when I need you to look up into the mirror so I can part your hair in the middle, standing from behind you, looking straight forward. <laughs> you know I mean? It's like, yeah, it's like, you know it's it's such a game it's such a mental and it can be so exhausting um but when you get it right and somebody likes you it's so fun like say mandy you know i love her i hope she loves me i think she loves me we just have fun it's like two friends hanging out oh and by the way we're doing your hair (laughs) yeah exactly so that's that's really what it comes down to and i have had occasions where um i did just shut up I did my job. I did the hair. And then finally, that's what made them go, whoa, and sat up and paid attention to me. And like, mm. suddenly was now actually interested in me, right, right. who I am, how I feel about things, what I think, versus all the people around them just, you know, kissing their ass, you know? Right. So right. I guess it just the, in a nutshell, you just got to do you, you know, <laughs> just do you. That's all you can do. Yeah, well, and I think, that, you know, that's that authenticity is not, you know, um, getting segued into, you know, what everyone else is doing and getting pushed into believing right. that you need to be different, you know, right. Ultimately. And let me just add that there have been occasions when it just wasn't a good fit, meaning I wasn't the strong personality they needed. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the last time I saw them, you know, right, not in right. a like, a, get her out of your way, but just a, like, oh, okay, this isn't thanks, a good fit. thanks, thanks, thanks for today. And, yeah, you know, and then, then I didn't, I didn't see them again after that to do any more work on them mm-hmm. or somebody else did them or the, there's also been times when I've said, you know what, this is not a good fit. Mm. So-and-so I think you should go do their hair. Oh, wow. like, I, yeah, we have yeah. no problem. We do that a lot, actually. Good. You know, we're like, you should be the one to do their hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and yeah. that comes from, from you being who you are and having experience. Yeah, like respecting that we understand that it is a bit of a uh, a game, and that yeah. this this other person is a better match for you know whatever that energy that other person has, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Spe- <laughs> speaking of good matches and good energy, um, <laughs> you and your husband are an incredible duo. And give so much to not only your immediate community, but you're constantly traveling now um, all over teaching. 
and like the charisma and the, you know, the match that you guys have made as far as being husband and wife and being in love as partners on this planet shows so much as, as you're out and about in your communities. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. That's, that's really um, heartwarming to hear that that's your experience of us. So thank you. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're so welcome. And I I know I should, you know, that's a shared feeling uh, by many, but uh, I mean, you, you guys know how much I love you. And, and I think that, um, you know, it's, it's a powerful thing to see an individual go into their immediate communities and want to create change and impact, but to see, you know, the two of you um, being individually strong and then taking that as a joint force out into the world. Um, when did you start teaching at Paul Mitchell schools and, and doing, you know, kind of this, this individualized education separate from, you know, what you do on the set and for Paul Mitchell? So I have always done education with the schools ever since the schools started. In fact, I actually helped. Um, I was actually one of the first learning leaders at the first school there in Costa Mesa. Oh, and yeah. For, for a very short period of time um, to sort of get them off the ground, so to speak, when literally there was just like two or th- maybe three of us at the wow. beginning. <laughs> Okay. With, with, I think our first class had like six or nine people or something like that. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Wow. Um, that, that led over into handing the torch off and moving over to developing the Paul Mitchell um, artistic team, uh, the advanced Academy team. Sorry. And, okay. and then um, from there, and uh, anyway, just in the middle of all that backing up, I think I started going to teach, as a guest artist way back at Wynn at his school, Von oh, Curtis. Okay. Yeah. So for those, those people listening uh, that are not familiar with uh, Wynn Claybaugh, the Dean of Palm Mitchell, the school, um, his first beauty school, which was sort of the, the beginning for him of, of creating uh, the, what would then become like the Paul Mitchell schools, but mm-hmm. yeah, his school in Utah in Provo, Utah, I would go there as a guest artist and I always loved doing that, you know, always loved teaching anyway. And, and from there just started doing it for Paul Mitchell, the schools. And then once Abe and I became a couple um, in 2009, um, I guess I need to preface this with saying I moved away to Australia for a while. And then... <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. That's <laughs> a whole other there, story. Yeah, that's another part. <laughs> um, so before I left for Australia, I was teaching on my own. And then when I came back and Abe and I were now a couple, um, I wanted to go ahead and pick that back up again. And so I just asked him, hey, do you, do you want to come teach with me? You know, we can do this together if you want to as well. Wow. And so we were like, okay, this is going to be, this will be kind of interesting. And we've never done it before. I mean, we've been on stage before as artists with, you know, mm-hmm. eight other people on stage with us at, at all the shows, but never, never working as a team for sure. And um, so, yeah, I remember it was in Houston, Texas. We were at Paul Mitchell School in Houston, and that was our first class together, both he wow. and I. We just got up, and I don't really remember how we prepared for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we just did our thing, and um, 
it worked. It it just worked right from the beginning and, and it, it went from there and and we've we've tweaked our presentation over the last let's see, I think it'll it's like nine years now, I think. Wow. And and we you know, we it's the presentation itself that we do is is morphed in different forms and fashions along the way based on who we've become and grown, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. to be and what we've learned in our personal work that we do and ourselves, which always spills over to who you're being with other people. Of and, course. And um, yeah, we're, we're still doing it. And we are no, we are known as the people that make people cry. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but we take that as a compliment because yeah, I do too. basically all it is, is, we've just infused and injected a shitload of authenticity into our presentation to the point where I think we really penetrate people's souls a bit more versus mm-hmm. just talking about, let me show you the coolest Technique. little haircut we yeah. do. Yeah. And um, it's, it's turned into its own little thing now. So yeah, I could dive into that deeper, but that's yeah. the gist of it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's, that's amazing. I love it. I, I just, yeah. yeah. I mean, me being who I am, I, I want to impact people in the deepest Absolutely. way, you know, Absolutely. and create an evolution of some sort inside of them. And, and knowing that you're out there doing that together, just, it warms my heart so much, that, especially knowing that we lack in our schooling, you know, what's necessary for them to pass their boards is necessary. But at the same time, there's so much lacking when it comes to the, emotional, spiritual, and, um, and even just the, the, the physical component of what we're doing, you know, in our schools, there's so much lacking in that foundation of work, um, that they're going to be going into. Yes, absolutely. So that completely you're, you know, giving them, um, a broader picture of what they do behind the chairs, just so, so beyond valuable. Yeah. Our, our thing is, it's really about who are you being? Mm-hmm. for people in life who are you being for people in life and what matters to you those are the two big questions and mm-hmm. and and you know we always talk about we don't sit and think like what matters to me you know in, in your life in general like it, just in the big picture and and when you can answer that one question of what matters to me Abe might have spoke about this in his interview with you I can't remember but when you can answer that one question what matters to me then you find what the true golden carrot at the end of your stick is and Mm -hmm. and and you'll do anything that you can to make sure that thing survives and and all your decisions are shaped around making sure that thing survives so you know it's different for everybody and we don't really ever stop and think about that we just kind of go out and do 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 all day but right we don't really understand why we're making the the decisions that we're making instead of choosing you know exactly so choosing versus deciding one having reasons behind it the other one just it is what you know you're choosing it because every for everything it is and isn't you know just wholeheartedly i i completely agree and that's that you know what's your why kind of thing and i love that you say you know who are you being because it's we're so you know human doing 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 and just you know following the lead and um i i had a huge wake up a few months ago where I, I went back into some deep therapy and I just said, I don't know what to do. And my therapist looked at me and he's like, you just need to be. 
Yep. <laughs> you know? and I'm like, oh, I forgot how to do that. Yep. <laughs> I got to retrain myself, you know? Oh my gosh. I mean, we take in so much information nowadays. Mm-hmm. I find myself doing the same thing where it's like, whoa, I learned this, this valuable thing that I just totally forgot. To, I'm not doing that anymore. You know? <laughs> forgot to apply that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's so many pieces. I, we could talk for hours and hours about um, what was next for you or, you know, the, the third, fourth, fifth or sixth chapter. <laughs> um, you know, wh- where do you want to take this, this story next? What do you want to talk about? Hmm. Like what's, what's your, you know, are you working on something in particular that's a vision for, for 2019? Are you and Abe, you know, I know you said that you just finished a hands-on two day, uh, hands-on at the salon here in San Diego. Right. Yes. Um, well, that's one thing that we're doing. We, we we're, are blessed enough to have this large space that we call our salon but it's also where we do our education and the one of the things that we said when we got it was you know if we're going to have this space we we need to we need to make the most of it in the way that we're we're expressing our gratitude and and thankfulness Mm. to to god for giving us this this beautiful space at we got everything about our salon was such a, a god thing like the price, the build out, all of it was just like insanely just put in our hands in a way that there's no way we could have done that without it's a blessing from him. And, Mm -hmm. and we just decided recently, like we're not really making the most of the space. So right now we have, um, as you probably already know, we have a lot of Abe's photography up on the walls. Um, Mm, We're using, using the walls now to, to um to also share with people what what we're up to and make a difference for people and the current images on the wall are from our work that we do with the homeless um people on the street Mm -hmm. so we've been really involved in that in the last year we've become really passionate about helping our brothers and sisters who are less fortunate than us and and that all started from from Abe going out one day to feed some some people and mm-hmm. realizing that there's so much more they don't have and seeing people in the middle of a cold night with no socks on their feet and no blankets and stuff so yeah that's that's become a, a big passion of ours and and um we we go out regularly now and and we serve and we are the conduit for people want to contribute we take physical things to these people we also um do things ourselves like for thanksgiving the other day we made a couple turkeys and put together Mm. some sandwiches and wrapped them all up and and took those out and delivered those with pie and you know it's so different when you're doing the manual work versus sometimes we just go to wendy's and get their 99 cent cheeseburgers right yeah there's like there's such a connection to your heart when you're handing somebody a sandwich that literally took us two days to make all the food to get it ready just to make the sandwich you know yeah yeah and you feel that like I don't know just the gratitude for the ability to be able to do this for them Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so we've been really into our our I guess humanitarian work in that way but again not for kudos not for oh wow woohoo we're so great just because like 
it's the right thing to do. And, and we we're very much focused right now on, on serving in any way we can. So yeah. the images on the wall at the salon are pictures of all the people that we've met out when we go out on the street and we've sat and we've talked to them and we've listened to their stories and what happened to them and just really realizing that they're no different than you and I, they just, yeah. something happened in their life that, that they spiraled them downward and, and they haven't had the, whatever it is, the ability to get back up and dust themselves off like you and I have when we've run into trouble, whatever that may be for ourselves individually, you know? Right, right. So, yeah, we're sharing that on the wall right now with his photos, and we're doing a big thing on December 8th and 9th for for um, for Christmas where we're wrapping gifts for them, um, and then we're going to take it out on the streets on the 9th and pass them out so they actually have presents open. Wow. And, um we're calling that our wrapping party. We're gonna have a de- <laughs> we're gonna have a DJ, and he's gonna be playing, and everybody gets invited to come and help wrap presents and decorate cookies, and you can come dressed as your favorite rapper. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we want to make it fun, you know. <laughs> and so, where can um, people find out about that? Is I mean, this invitation only, or like volunteer oh, no, people? Any, anybody, anybody can come. Anybody's welcome to come. It'd be great if you can let us know you're thinking about coming by RSVPing, but even if you don't, just show up. But yeah, so I'll give the information real quick. Um, we're at, it's called The Workshop. It's in Point Loma here in San Diego. And um, you can find us on our Instagram. We have all the, like all the particulars are posted on our Instagram accounts. So mine is just under my name, which Melissa Jacqua and um, a Baron Photography. We also have it under our The Workshop hair. And that's probably the best way to find out what we're up to because we always post on there. And then from there we share onto our Facebooks and other okay. stuff, but that's probably the best way to find out. Great. And yeah, they're welcome to come. It's from four to eight on December 8th in Point Loma at the salon. And we're just going to make it fun no matter who shows up. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. So um, we're doing that. And with your salon, if someone was interested in coming to a class, um, is there a schedule or should they just contact you through the email connected to the um, workshop? Yeah, they can contact us through the email. Um, it's the workshop hair at gmail.com. And uh, just let us know that they're interested in attending classes. And what we do is then we compile a list and we shoot out emails to um, our our, our um, list of people on any class that we have, you'll get an email, you'll get notified. We also always, again, put it up on our social media. So if you're following us, you'll always see it posted on there. Um, we're not really uh, the kind of people that schedule like a whole year's worth of classes in advance. We keep okay. saying we want to do that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but honestly, we just get so busy with everything we're doing we we just don't have our shit together <laughs> that way <laughs> you need to so, delegate girl yeah, I know, give that I to know. somebody else anybody listening want to help contact me <laughs> <laughs> but um I think we also get inspired by the moment too so let's say for instance we just had this this blow dry class and everybody's saying hey we we love coming here we would love do you guys teach this topic or that topic so right we kind of just keep scheduling them as we go based on the demand of the people that are coming to the classes and, mm-hmm. and the beautiful thing is 
not only, you know, do we ourselves teach there, but we have so many talented people that we bring in as well, too. And such a variety of subjects that we share information on everything mm. from, you know, all the hair stuff with barbering and cutting and curly hair and, and multicultural hair and, 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 and um, editorial styling. But we also bring in people that come in and talk about business. We're getting ready to do something with one of our great friends, Laura Bersati. She's going to do um, a whole thing with yoga for hairdressers. Oh, perfect. I know. Right. And, um, and I'm talking to my Pilates um, girl, see if she wants to come in and show us different types of movement that we can do to keep ourselves strong. Because, you know, as you, as you do this day after day, we all know it definitely takes a toll on your body. So yeah, exactly. Physicality is real important too. And then we have people come in from, from Hollywood. I have a lot of friends up there that I work with in, in the industry that teach things from like, wigs and, mm. and different different types of stuff that have to do with more um outside of the salon things like photo shoots and edit um, session work for editorial hair and things like that so oh my god just such a wealth of yeah. people in our life that god has blessed us with and we just i'm just addicted to anytime anybody shares something that excites me i'm like oh my god we got to get you to our salon so you can teach it's <laughs> <laughs> like the first thing yeah. i think of. share it share yeah. it share it that's awesome yep. Love and just it. to go, f- just to go first full circle with the thing I said earlier about, um, about, uh, that guy that wrote me back, Bob Scribner, yeah. the one that working. So being in the industry, in, working in the union, I have been blessed, as I said, a minute ago to meet so many great people. And I have a couple people that are sort of my ongoing mentors in my head where I'm always calling them and, um, you know, picking their brain. And of course, any minute I get to work with them on set, which is so awesome. You know, I, I get to work with these people ongoingly. I, I always use them as my, my personal mentors and resources. Mm. One of them is this beautiful woman by the name of Gail Ryan. And Gail is one of the older women in the union. And she is, she's approaching 80. Wow. She's still doing hair on sets she's on dancing with the stars with us she works on all these other just amazing projects gail is the one responsible for all the the wig work in the grinch that movie the grinch wow you saw that yeah Yeah, totally she that's her that's her work (laughs) so anyway gail is just the queen of like period hairstyling and let's face it She's a little older, so she knows the <laughs> right end of it, right? <laughs> totally. Okay, she she, she actually seen she, most of it. Right. Which, God, there's so much value in mm. that. And just a little side note for anybody thinking, oh, all the, you know, Instagram, you know, YouTube um, influencer. Yeah, that's great. But don't forget the people that, you yeah. know, are your bloodline that are still around to be able to share this with you. Yeah, fully. So, so Gail is my mentor and in particular with period hair and, um, and I just, yeah, she's one person that I kind of dropped down to my knees and bow to. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> so I'm working with Gail on a project about a month ago on a TV show it's called stand up to cancer. And, um, she brings her daughter and her daughter and I were sitting and we're talking and, her daughter said something about blah, 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 blah. Yeah, my uncle, and he's in the industry too. I'm like, what? Oh my God. I said, your mom, your uncle, you. I'm like, who else? She's like, oh yeah. And my other, and she's naming all this parts of her, like her whole family's in the industry. And I said, well, wait, who's your uncle? And she's like, 
oh Bob Scribner I'm like wait oh what oh my gosh <laughs> and I'm like wait 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 hold up hold up back Dale's up brother is Bob Scribner I'm like wow <laughs> That is so cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if anybody can get the gravity of how awesome that is, but it's like, I was like, what? Come on. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And then I, oh, my God, I got to tell you a story. And then, of course, I told her the whole story. And she's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. (laughs) Oh. So, yeah, this woman that turns out to be my current mentor that I idolize is Bob's sister. (laughs) Wow. I know. Yeah. And it's just, it's so funny. It's, it's so funny. I, I have and a lot of full a little... circle moments. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love it. I love that kind yeah. of stuff because it just shows how interconnected and intertwined we are, you know? Totally. Totally. Oh my gosh. I mean, I yep. just, I think about my life right now and how if I hadn't walked into Chape Rouge on 30th and Mead in San Diego to buy a bottle of the conditioner, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I know, right? It's and... just crazy all the little pieces that are put in place for right? us to end up exactly where we're supposed to be totally totally it's it's amazing I love it all <laughs> I love it all too and <laughs> I feel like there's so much more I want to pull apart from your story but um I just want to say thank you for the time that you've invested already and I can't wait for people to hear this this episode so Oh no, you're you're so oh welcome and thanks for it. thanks for caring enough to to ask me to be on this and oh my gosh. And uh I, I just you. I think these podcasts are amazing. So thanks for for doing this for the industry and for for all of us. Yep. It's just a piece of your heart that is shining and 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 mm. just sharing yourself this way that you're taking the time to do this. So thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It means the world you're... to me and I can't wait to see you and wrap my arms around you. And um, (laughs) I hope that you have a restful day. And and again, thank you so much for your time. I loved hearing your story every second of it. Oh, thank you. Love you too. (laughs) Right. Bye for now. Again, thank you so much for joining me for this episode with Melissa Jacquois. If you have any questions and you would like to reach her and Abe, they are at theworkshophair at gmail.com and you can find them on Instagram by the same name. And if you have any questions regarding the podcast or you would like to leave a review, please do. Um, But you can contact me, india at indiadun.com and I would be elated to hear from you. Have a great day.